Hey, this is Keith. Or some actor playing Keith, I'm not really sure anymore. But um, we're coming to the end. The end of my Los Angeles con spree. But before I leave, I have some scores to set and discover a couple truths to be revealed. It's all going to come down to the season finale of Rideshare Episode X. It's going to drop on December 3rd. Now, until then, I want you to catch up by binge listening the first season. And I suggest that you do exactly as I say. Or you're going to miss all the fun. Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's Breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. And welcome back to your favorite G.I. Joe podcast show. We're talking G.I. Joe season two, series two, the Deke years. And, and if you like ninjas, boy, have I had an episode with a lot of ninjas for you. This is Knowing is Half the Podcast, and I am Ray Stacanus. I do appreciate that you didn't make me jump in after you said, if you like ninjas, because I was afraid you're going to say this is the uh, episode for you. Because it is clearly not. If you love ninjas, <laughs> you will hate this with a burning passion. It is. Oh, boy. Who are you? What? You know who I am. <laughs> it's not for I'm, me. This is someone's first time listening to the show, and they're already giving up because the host won't say his name. Uh, oh, thanks. I always thought of myself as a co-host, but if I'm getting upgraded, then I am Robert Clark Chan, the host of Knowing is Half the Podcast. <laughs> Welcome. I'm Gina Ippolito, the side piece. Yeah. The side piece. We're no, all, please say wait. kick, because side piece means something different, and oh, it's going to be yeah. a whole other thing with a marriage counselor. I don't want to get into it. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm the side piece of the podcast itself. Wait a minute, wait a minute so because if is, you're the side piece, Eileen was the stepmom. Who is so the wait. podcast having wait. sex with or married to? Look, I'm wait, not allowed are we going to have to do it? Are we doing an F Mary kill for the podcast? Like not the host in it, but the actual podcast as an, as an entity. Look, I'm not allowed to spill secrets. Whoa. Uh, okay. I really thought there'd be a second shoe dropping on that statement, but there we are. Nope, that's yeah, I guess we have to, fi- we have to divine the secrets. I'm not clear uh, how that works, but I guess that's why I'm not a ninja. There it is. Well, this episode is from the Deke era, season two. This is episode three. It's called The Sword, and this is all about a mystical... No, we kind of did this in, in the in the Sunbow era. We had Ninja Holiday. We also had the Excalibur. Excellent, excellent episode of G.I. Joe. And this... Is about a stoner rock band from <laughs> Texas. Yes? Am I correct? It's uh, a, not, a, de- a decent band. A decent band. I'm not going to lie. Wait, can I just say that I feel like this is the second time this season where I've said this, uh, uh, but if you pitched me a, a bunch of ninjas have to get to an all-powerful sword, so it's it's like, may the best ninja win, yeah. like, I'm on board for that pitch. Yeah. No, on paper, if you, I mean, if you look, if you really just break down what this thing is, it's uh, there's a mystical sword that both sides are looking for. G.I. Yeah, Joe and Cobra. Th- and that's the sword, good. The sword goes to a powerful ninja who, if he can defeat another powerful ninja, gains world wrecking power. I don't really understand how that works. Except no, magic. also, it's also good. So far, I'm on board. It's yeah. it's it's a it's an offshoot of like a Mortal Kombat. Oh, we've got to we've got to compete for ultimate glory. And so you have the best ninjas of G.I. Joe and the best ninjas of Cobra, both independently going after this sword. Meanwhile, Cobra Commander and the non-ninja G.I. Joe forces are forming teams three and four, also coming after the sword, but in a much more uh, tertiary uh, way. That's a decent episode of G.I. Joe. I tell you what, uh, there are a lot of points during the show where I was like, that's a really good uh, uh, piece of an episode. 
um, like uh, structurally or conceptually, sure. uh, like for their brief moments of character interaction. Where I was like, that's really neat. And then the rest of it was handled so poorly. I was like, was this like a really good episode that got uh, noted to death? Or was it uh, a, a an episode from a substandard hack who accidentally hit on some really neat stuff that was just no, I'm, lying around there? I'm telling you, I think the pitch for this is good. It's a solid pitch. It's it's all in the execution that that where where it lost me. Yeah, yeah. I. That's just you know, there's a thing here where it's. Uh, uh, this was written by Ted Peterson, and I know that Ted Peterson has written other episodes of GI Joe, and I don't have it in front of me, and I wish I would have actually taken the time to do it. So I might just like uh, Chan, maybe your Google skills can uh, help out a little bit. But this wow. was written. Oh wow! <laughs> I think. I typed in Ted Peterson. The first thing that comes up is obituary. So hopefully it's not that oh, Ted no. Peterson. Oh, you know uh, what? Okay. Ted Peterson wrote the first season Sunbow uh, episode. And right, that okay. was Satellite Down, where the uh, the primitive tribe of ape-like creatures in. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then they dance around it. So he wrote. So he, he has some G.I. Joe cred. He also wrote Cobra Soundwaves. Cobra develops a powerful sound weapon and attacks a sheik's oil supply in the Middle East. Cobra is remember. And then Destro is like, I'm just going to blow it up and kill all the oil because that'll mess with you. Oh, he also wrote Cobra Quake. So he's really got this sort of thing about him. So he's written a lot of original uh, Sunbow G.I. Joe episodes. So, you know, when I saw his name, I'm like, oh, I know we've seen that name before. Yeah, and, yeah, he, and here we are. Oh yeah, uh, this dude's worked. Like he he goes way back to, uh, uh, yeah, Godzilla, Plastic Man, f- old Flash Gordon from '79. Gina, uh, for you, he also wrote the uh, Pharaoh episode from uh, from the Deke era as well, where Night Creeper Leader thinks he's an Egyptian oof. Pharaoh. So his thing is Night Creeper Leader. He's like, into that he, character. Yeah, he was like, "Are you telling me?" that I get to call this guy in dialogue night creeper leader, like every single time. <laughs> and I get to make other people also call him night creeper leader instead of like, uh, 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 I don't, I don't know. Captain uh, Franks or something like that. Sure, I, Captain I get to call him night creeper leader. Oh, hell yeah. I'm so into this. Yeah. Wait, that's uh, not the first time we've seen night creeper leader though. No. And what I'm saying is that like every other time before that, they also do that thing. So clearly he's got a Jones for it. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Also, and, uh, and so wait, so right now he's got some cred. So I would lean more to maybe he got noted to death because the idea is strong and he's proven he can write another episode. So I will say that he was born in 1938, according to the bio, which says to me that he is a man out of time. <laughs> uh, and he is bringing ideas that, functioned perhaps in the uh serials of his day but aren't the greatest uh in 1991 uh, i don't know uh mystical swords and ninjas works in 1991 we hadn't even had those famed uh, uh historical documentaries three ninjas yet so those those <laughs> historical documentaries hadn't come out yet so i mean like we're not ninjaed out at this point this sword this magical sword that endows uh world conquering powers basically does pew pew a few times and cuts a couple trees in half. No, Shan, it's the one sword to rule them all. Thank you, Gina. Uh Thank you. Wait a minute. Where are the other swords? What other swords are you talking about? They were ruled. Yeah. One was given to the fairies. One Uh was given to man. That's two. Uh, I'm pretty sure the dwarves got one. Three. Uh, Don't even forget. We eBayed that one. (laughs) <laughs> one was given to eBay. One was given to eBay. Yeah, one's on my bookshelf next to my baby Yoda plush. Thank oh, you. Oh, jeez, man. You take care of that baby Yoda plush. And one got stolen off my porch uh, when it was trying to be delivered. So, I mean, like, look, all the swords are out there is all we're trying to say. But this is the one to rule them all. Okay. Got so we, it. We open with another cold open, and I'm digging the cold opens. Uh, I was already on board, and I'm enjoying them still. We get I'm snake eyes, and we get... Yeah, we get Storm Shadow, and they're uh, uh, going off a cliff. We're going but towards here's the, the cliff. thing. Yeah. We, so we haven't seen them in a while. No. And there's there's no, the weird thing is, like, there's no buildup. Like, you would think, even from a practical standpoint, someone from Deke would say, 
okay, these episodes sort of need to stand on their own just in case whoever's watching now didn't watch series one G.I. Joe. We need to sort of do a soft reintroduction. Oh, no. I'm oh, that's sure not what happens ex- even a little bit. The executives were like, uh, that first season was shit. You know what it probably was? Uh, because we told you to uh, get rid of all those other characters. Go ahead and just, just shoehorn them in wherever. <laughs> people people know them. They love them. That's the only reason why this thing failed. But well, what no- really... Oh, yeah, go ahead, Gina. Sorry. There's just, there's no real explanation of like, oh, okay, hey, remember when Storm Shadow was bad, but now he's good because Snake Eyes owes him a life debt or, or something. I don't know what's, what's going on here. Here's but the thing. I was confused is what I'm saying. The great thing about ninjas is they require no explanation. True. Ninja walk into a room, you're like, damn, that's a ninja. And that's it. That's all the exposition you need. I'm fine with all that. Too. My biggest issue here is the fact that Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow both underwent complete character overhaul redesigns. And so neither one really looks like they're supposed to look. We That's haven't really been introduced problem. to either of them in Deke G.I. Joe. So we just open with these two rando characters and one of them is like talking. And then suddenly like halfway through, he's like, right, Snake Eyes? And I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> What's yeah. happening right now? Who, who yeah. are you? <laughs> I mean, I feel like I, I recognize, I guess, yeah, I guess that's true. But, but also like it gets weirder from there because again, if you, if you just start out with two ninjas and they're sort of like, oh shit, magical ninja sword has been found. We need to beat all the other ninjas in the world there because whoever claims it gets ultimate power. And if it's someone evil, it'll be bad. Great. I'm on board with that. That's I'm a on movie pitch. I am right. on board with that. But then they they immediately do the first like weird thing, which is they shoehorn Scarlet into the entire episode for what I what I assume is no reason whatsoever. Because we're a little ahead of ourselves right now. But yes, she does not belong there. And they make a point of saying she does not belong there quite a few times because that same executive was like, oh, I hear uh, the ladies are mad at us because <laughs> there were no women in the first season. So just uh, shoehorn in one of those women. It doesn't matter where or why. Just do it. And they there we go. To, she doesn't That's have to be in character either. Need. Nope. All she has to do is want to go shopping and get saved by the ninjas. Oh, it's it, it. This Okay, let's get back to the beginning, though, because Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow are going towards this, this area, this temple. And so... Um, Essentially, there's a Thanos gauntlet, right? There's no other better way to call it. There's a Thanos gauntlet in this cave, and Night That's Creeper leader got gauntlet, to it first. Ray, please. Look, I'm just for the people at home who maybe don't have the reference level of you, Robert Clark Chan. The friggin' movie is called the Infinity Gauntlet, Ray. The movie is not called the Infinity Gauntlet. I don't know what you're even talking about anymore. It's Infinity War and Endgame, sir. That's right, isn't it? I, <laughs> if I the movie if was called Infinity Gauntlet, I'd have less of a problem calling it an Infinity Gauntlet. <laughs> Not gonna lie, uh, I much prefer the comic books. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be that asshole that like, yeah, the book was better than the movie. Ugh. Sure, sure. Anyway, uh, Night Creeper leader finds this jewel. Everybody's like, oh crap, this jewel. Cobra's broke. We need this jewel. And inexplicably, Night Creeper leader throws the gem away. And says, yo, we just need the gauntlet. The gauntlet will take us to the Sword of Destiny. Cut to opening credits. Strong, strong start. Yeah, I mean, I don't understand why one of the other ninjas didn't just whoop, pocket it on the way out because it's inexplicable. Ruby, big ass Ruby. It's a big ass gem. They're and not all getting these people paid. are broke. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, okay, yeah, we we'll talk about that too later. Yes. Okay. So uh, after the opening credits, we cut back to uh, a monastery. And every G.I. Joe ninja, and they look wildly different from each other. They're all just sitting around meditating, and Cobra is literally attacking, at which point the one of the ninjas stands up and says, guys, I think meditation's over. I think our souls are cleansed. Let's fight Cobra, because they're right here next to us. <sighs> Here's where the animation just like achieves new levels of badness it's weird some of it is the uh is the art style which is what it is uh arms akimbo 
doing a lot of uh, um, like wacky sort of Pratt, you know, like, oh, I can't. And uh, General Hawk, General Hawk. I didn't even recognize him as General Hawk. because He's got a weird hat and sunglasses on and he's acting completely different. No, I could tell from the voice. And then doesn't he at some point have to, doesn't he at some point even say, yeah, you're just General Hawk about himself. Something really weird like that. Because nobody knew who he was. Yeah, yeah. He did look strange, but I was like, okay, this has to be him because it sounds like him. And I get the gag where, um, you know, like a Jeep explodes, all the ninjas go flipping out and he like, oh, like falls down. He's like, like oh, gosh, I'm, uh, you know, like not as uh, graceful as these ninjas. But the level of incompetence they give him in this episode is just off the charts and it's, he yeah is it's a, a cartoon clown yeah it's not like we haven't used general hawk remember because there was actually that decent episode where he was running kind of that um what is it the r&r base and he was just wanting to get back in the action but he'd retired semi-retired and he just throws on his jetpack and he starts crushing people like that's <laughs> the hawk we know hawk is great hawk is an old baller you know this hawk looks like uh um like like a uh, red uh from that with that 70s show but it's it's his role from robocop where he's just like chewing gum and being sassy and wearing sunglasses like that's that's who i see this hawk as and it's wrong this is a complete you thought the take on scarlet was bad i'm just as mad if not more about what they're trying to do to hawk seemingly in just this one episode I also am not even sure why, again, why he's in this episode. If uh, uh, I'm going to say it 900 more times. If you pitch me like ninja scavenger hunt to the finish, winner take all, Highlander style, I am on board. If you then say, oh, and then, but back home, General Hawk is there. And also like Scarlet will be there for no seeming reason. There will be no lesson learned uh, in the end with her. I'm I'm immediately like, why are you adding these other shitty elements to a great pitch? Well, I mean, uh, part part of it is that uh, too many Asians. Good God, we gotta (laughs) throw a couple white people in there. Uh, Although they're Asian, I I do believe that the uh, some of the other ninja squad. I don't know what the hell those people are. Probably a bunch of them are also white, although they don't do anything beyond the first part. Really, They, they don't show up very much. Um, so like, uh, uh, but then I, I, I get why the Hawk and Scarlet are there in terms of selling the badassery of storm shadow and snake eyes. Um, what? and it, it's, it's real unfortunate, uh, because Scarlet gets the brunt of it. Like she's uh, a, the, uh, damsel in distress, which is a deep problem, but also just like, um, they kind of push it a little bit. Like she's this, uh, Caucasian, who doesn't understand the mystical ways of the ninjas and general Hawk is doing the same thing. Why, you know, like he's falling out of the Jeep, like a dumbass while the ninjas are flipping around. It's to sell that these ninjas are super badass, but they're doing such a bad job of it. Like oh, it, see, the characters I, think, are, nah. I think you're, I think you're taking away something positive. That's actually a negative. I think that because when I, because while I was watching it, I was thinking, Oh my God, here comes Scarlet. Like, Busting in on this, you know, time honored tradition of ninjas, just being like, I want to be a ninja too. You know, she's right. going, she's yeah. going to the club trying to do the dances when really she yeah. needs to sh- sit the fuck down. She's Taylor Swifting it. Yeah. I- exactly. But she, it, my takeaway from the episode was, oh, these guys don't want her to do it, but look at how capable she is. They should have let her do it. Well, that's what I'm saying. That they they did a bad job of it because they sort of they tried to have the cake and eat it too. Tried to split the difference. Like, oh, look how uh, clumsy she is, but oh, she's actually good enough to be a ninja anyway. At the end yeah. of it, even and though then, she proves nothing of the sort. But they also say like, oh, you're you're as good as like an honorary ninja or something. And it made me want to scream because just let the ninjas have their thing. You don't need to horn in on everything, <laughs> everything, white lady. You're just shopping. You didn't even want to sit down with the queen a couple episodes ago in channel. It was last yeah. episode. Yeah. That is, uh, that, is that was not last a- episode, Gina. <laughs> that, that is not I don't a know thing. Where that we a, are. a TV executive would not recognize that. 
No, and what really enrages me, because a couple of things here. One is they have Snake Eyes being like, basically, you're just a girl, go away. Yet Snake Eyes and Scarlet have some of the deepest history as far as two characters go all the yeah. way back to early, early, early Sunbow. And that these two characters could not have more respect for each other and each other's abilities. So the idea that this is a storyline is maddening. But yeah. on top on top of it, you have this monastery where all the G.I. Joe ninjas are training to what you guys and Gina, what you were saying before, is uh, uh, while they're all meditating and while they're all doing ninja training, Hawk and Scarlet are just like hanging out watching TV. Not like, wouldn't you at least try to take part in the meditation or, 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 or you know, better yourself in some way other than just being there for no good reason? I just, <laughs> to me, to me, it's like if someone, if someone says to me, Let's see who's who are who are actors I really want to have sex with. Uh, let's say God. Is there? No oh my God, one? Gina, just pick some. Let's just say like Leonardo DiCaprio and George Clooney in their prime. Like someone's there like, you go. hey, you're gonna go to the, you're gonna go to this party. It's gonna be those two guys, a bunch of their hot guy friends who are all really great at sex stuff. But also, my sister who works at Subway is gonna tag along with you. Like (laughs) it's a a side plot. I don't want, I want to see the ninjas do their thing. I want to see them be awesome. I want to enjoy their awesomeness. I don't want to have that one woman. That's like, I'm here too. I'm here too. I'm here too. And that's what she was for me. This entire episode. I did not not wrong. It's like that trope where they have like the badass like super cop, but then he's teamed with a seven year old who's perky. It's like, I just want to watch the badass cop. I don't care about the kid plot. You shut your mouth. That's a great trope. (laughs) I just want to rewind real quick to make sure that I heard right that Gina was comparing ninja martial arts uh, awesomeness with George Clooney fucking. Is that correct? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, no, that holds up. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I'm saying it's two people that are at the top of their game at what they're known for. And that is what George Clooney is known for. <laughs> oh, and another part of this scene. Okay, so the, the ninjas have decided they're going to fight Cobra. Scarlet shoots down a copter. She's got like one arrow and she nails it because we're trying to show her somewhat baseline competence. But what kills me is the fact that G.I. Joe went to this monastery on a retreat in order to meditate and better themselves. And ninjas are known, you know, perhaps as far as this type of atmosphere goes as being very respectful. The ninjas of G.I. Joe drive their tank through the side of a tower, (laughs) blowing out the tower, and then shout, let's do some damage. This is not their monastery. This is very this is in keeping, though, with G.I. Joe from the first second we saw them. Remember when they're every time they go through any forest and just destroy every tree in their path. So that to me, I didn't have a problem with because, in my opinion, that's what they do. They are a big American military operation who will take down all animals and nature and structures in their path to you get what, what they want. You're not wrong because I'm remembering, I think it was in a rise or Pentor rise when they try to like, well, take tanks down the streets of Paris and the mayor yeah. of Paris comes out and he's like, get the F out of here. With yeah, they don't care tanks. what they're doing. They don't care what they're doing. So maybe this does hold up. I just thought it was bizarre that they would pick this monastery as a retreat and then go out of their way to destroy it. Come on, GI Joe ninjas, get it together! They, no, they—it's because they can't—they can't respect anything at any time. But, but more important side note here is—is is Storm Shadow. Wait, Storm Shadow is the white one. Snake Eyes is the black one. Is that right? That is nominally correct. Yes. Okay. Ish. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Is Storm Shadow can seemingly understand Snake Eyes, who never speaks. Yes. Yeah. Which uh, is this like, is much like the cartoon strip Garfield. Yeah. I was about to say that's John, exactly what it is. Sometimes he can, was, sometimes yeah. he can't. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking or or Family Guy when no one is sure who can hear Stewie or Brian or Muppet Babies when the when the babies are talking but really, you know, they can understand each other but no one else. But it's never been established before, right? Like he's he's silent. It's not like he's He's not telepathic. Yeah, and it's not like he's he's mouthing words. Like, what is happening? 
No, and and when he's when he's communicated, it's usually been like an okay gesture or a point or a thumbs up or sort of a you know like military like you know look over there and he has the two fingers and he puts them on his eyes and then points towards something like we, that's we, the stuff Snake Eyes does. We do not have the money for that kind of animation. What is it, putting <laughs> two fingers up or making an okay sign? But you it, think it raises so draw many that? questions. And Chan, you brought up the animation before, and I want to just c- double back around to that because especially in the first half of this episode, the animation is, I can't express how freaking weird it is. Oh, it's because so bad. You remember like that community episode where they did the G.I. Joe parody? So I everything thought was, the same thing. That's what it looked like. It was sort of, it was sort of way more quote unquote cartoony and everybody was sort of extra distended whenever they moved. And it was just really bizarre. Oh, it, see, it got, I it was, thought the, the dubbing was off. I don't know if that's normal like i but but the ma- like n- at no point did their mouths match up to what was actually coming out of them mm. normally I, mean, I would chalk that up to like oh yeah we watched it on 2b tv it's probably not great but uh with the extent of other problems in yeah. this that were cl- clearly not um uh, like a translation transmission error it's just like straight up bad animation i gotta think that it was uh this and it's probably only going to get worse because that's how deke does it yeah i mean the thing is like anytime somebody was running like especially in this opening scenes like whenever hawk was doing anything it was super like over animated and like he became double jointed at all times and his legs and feet would just like take weird positions while he was running like one leg would be like 75 percent up his body <laughs> it's just weird like it was just weird and i just it was off-putting and i and i want to double back on it because it was like my, my one takeaway from this episode was just like yeah that was just crazy just cr- you know I, I can't yeah go ahead. go ahead go ahead and be polite and call it weird i'll say it it's bad it's <laughs> not good look i'm the apologist on this show so i'm gonna go ahead and play my role gi <laughs> joe will return after these messages That's right, it's William the Refrigerator Perry. The fridge is going G.I. Joe. You can get a free fridge. Here's out. Select five fridge certificates or call the number on the certificate and the fridge will tell you how to get in on the action with only four certificates. There's a $1 handling charge. See details on specially marked G.I. Joe packages. Watch out, Cobra. Fridge is coming through. Go, go! Now, back to G.I. Joe. Yeah, it was it was awkward. It was just real awkward. Like I said, it reminded me. And I'm glad you could back me up on that. I also glad that Chan, when Agena's talking about someone communicating telepathically, mine and your first reaction is to be like, you know, like Garfield and John Arbuckle. <laughs> that obvious <laughs> reference exactly. that we both obviously would get. <laughs> Everyone gets that reference. But again, I feel like there are there are episodes from this season that I want to just give a I, I I'm harping on, on this a lot, but I want to just give the log line to a good writer and a good animation studio and see what they come up with. Because again, this could be awesome. Yeah, there's a lot going. I mean, look, look you you kind of got like a, not. You, if somebody you got swords, you got ninjas. How do you screw that up? Well, you you, you have Scarlet tagging along. <laughs> you give it to Deke. You have General Hawk suddenly becoming. Uh, 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 one of the A team. Who's that guy with the sunglasses? That's who he looked like. Oh, face was it? Face that wore no. Um... It was the old guy. Are you talking about George Papard? Yeah. Come on, man. Chan, just tell us the guy with the sunglasses. What was his character name? Hannibal. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, he, yeah, like, yeah. Hannibal, he was Hannibal. Hannibal. That's who he was. He was Hannibal. Uh, uh, Anthony Hopkins. Um, <laughs> yes. Did a fantastic job. Weird, weird take on the character, but that's that's who he was, and it was like real. Just it was just wrong. This is like Destro dumping Baroness for Zorana. Wrong, like levels of t- I don't know. Like I should I should be used to it by now, but this one really upset me. <laughs> uh, I even also to the point. Yeah, go ahead. We're about five minutes in, just so you know. Just yeah, no, we have barely started. <laughs> uh, I don't even have my notes. They're like, who is that? Oh my god, I think it's Hawk. <laughs> and then there's a line where the bats are attacking G.I. Joe here. Uh, and he means a line about just like, oh, I'll just keep lining them up and I'll keep knocking them down. And they show him shooting over and over again. And then they have this really weird extended scene where they cut to the bats and none of them are getting hit. 
<laughs> and they cut back to Hawk shooting and they cut back to the bats and no one's getting hit. And it was like that scene out of the naked gun where Frank Drebin and the thug are shooting at each other from like two feet away and yeah. nobody's hitting. Yeah, that's uh, that's what I thought of for that. It was just like, how is he missing every bat? They're not even like dodging. Uh, because to pay the animators for an extra explosion, they would have to give up at least one and a half burritos from the burrito truck that came for lunch. Can't do it. Can't do it. No, those burritos are gold. Not worth it. I get it. it. <laughs> okay, so we move on with the plot. Night Creeper Leader uh, and Overkill. And Night Creeper Leader now has the has the gauntlet and he's going to go to do the thing. And Overkill says, Cobra Commander wouldn't want you doing that because you're supposed to be getting the sword for Cobra Commander, who's not a ninja. So, like, none of this is really adding up if you <laughs> break it down. But anyway, it's for Cobra Commander and Stunt Night Creeper Leader like an idiot says, no, 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 my plan is to double-cross Cobra Commander. You can go ahead and tell him this for me. My plan is to double-cross him, keep the sword for myself, and then take over the world. At which point, Overkill says, oh, no, he's gone rogue. Get in contact with Cobra Commander. And it's like, yeah, that's what he's going to do. I mean, I believe the plan was to uh, defeat the uh, world's greatest ninja and then, you know, uh, have world-conquering power. Before Cobra Command could ever get there, so it doesn't even matter. It's uh, you know, it's, it's not guess. a full plan, but <laughs> if you got a certain amount of, there's a certain amount of hubris involved here. It's a very Greek tragedy. Okay, you know, but also I feel like uh, 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 I'm not on Cobra Commander's side in this because he is not a ninja. He doesn't not deserve. A ninja. He doesn't deserve that. Uh, he's trying to steal the ninja people's uh, uh history and the race of Uh-oh. ninjas yes oh and sacred weapons uh-huh. it's like appropriating it, yeah it's like that scene in black panther when he goes to the museum for for the exhibit and he's like do you know where all of this shit came from mm-hmm. yeah okay he kills everyone so you're oh, equating night alert. creeper leader with killmonger uh yeah yeah At i will night say creeper leader's a legitimate ninja though i mean like he has a birthright to it uh, is Cobra Commander a ninja? No. Is Cobra Commander Chris Lotta? Yes. <laughs> so okay, okay. I think there is a case to be made that Cobra Commander deserves to rule the world. You know what? That's compelling. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You you want him to have the one sword to rule them all? Uh, I I I, I still haven't uh, uh confirmed the existence of these other four swords. <laughs> Two of which are at, at, at internet purveyors, so I can't be sure on that. I'll get back to you. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. So, okay. So, they uh, GI Joe's now at the cave that we started in, and they find the gem, which was stupidly left behind. And for somehow they just figure out, oh, there was a gem, probably part of like a gauntlet, and they're going to go use it to find this magic sword. At which point, I love this because Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow pull up full Batman. Where Hawk is in the middle of talking to him, and he's like, I think he's gonna find this magic sword. And then he turns and they're just poofed out of existence like a smoke bomb. Yeah. And, and it's just like cut to the valley of darkness, and they're doing their hang gliding thing together. And then Scarlet just appears because she stole, she stole General Hawk's jetpack and is flying around, even though she does not know apparently how to use it. Uh yeah. actually, hold on. Before we go there, let, let us back up to the point where general hawks says that because like i mean uh like there's i, I don't want to say emasculating uh, just whatever it is um that uh you do to a person to make them uh a clumsy oaf buffoon like yeah. um it's just and where are you going no one tells me anything but why should they after all i'm only their general Jesus, man! Wow, <laughs> what is the, happening? The pathos. Yeah, this guy is. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, is, he's really he wallowing in it. Uh, yeah. yeah, this is after a extended sequences of him being an idiot and and worthless. So like, ugh, it just feels is, weird. You don't. The whole everything he's involved with in this episode. Make, is made stronger if he's competent and intelligent. You are now, you know what I'm saying? Like you're, you're not, you're not putting ninjas over an idiot. They're therefore proving nothing about the ninjas. Yes. He could still be general Hawk and still be super competent, super aware of his troops, a good leader and still have all these things happen and be like, all right, well, 
you know, got to hand it to them. Those guys, ninjas, they're good. Like, you know, like you could have just done anything like that and it would have been totally fine. Like, this why is, does he need to be so dumb? It's peak NWO era uh, booking where uh, all of the hero, all, all of the faces are made to look like chumps yep. uh, by the heels. And, you know, like, uh, so there's no, there's no threat. There's no stakes. No he's stakes. just a, he's just a real pill in this as is as is Scarlet. She's kind of a pill also. And I don't understand this. Like in the in the la, in the channel episode, she again wasn't really going along with things and she was a real pill. I don't understand this this turn they decided to take her character in, but I don't well, like it. I will say I will say I feel like in the old Sunbow era, what they would do is they would have some, you know, like local person be following along with them during the episode and they were the dumb ones who like didn't uh-huh. know what's going on and asking questions and stuff and then here they're like well, okay well you need to cram these characters in so let's give that dumb role to one of the actual you know gi joe members which doesn't make any sense that's a great it, it just, point, Chan. You know, I know. I'll say right now because you're right. I didn't even think about that. A lot of those Sunbow eras had the outsider character, whether it was Quick Kick's girlfriend or uh, a Bree uh, who Lifeline, the rich girl that wanted to date Lifeline. Oh, and you right. had yeah. all these extra characters that were thrown in, which one uh, fleshed out the episode like very huge because it expanded the world and gave these made these people look like real human beings. And two, it gave the audience kind of a window into this crazy world that they could be just as incompetent because they're not supposed to be great. And you're right. None of those characters uh, uh, exist in this world. The closest we came is uh, I found you, Evie. And even that didn't wasn't. No, that one just didn't go. <laughs> and yeah. Member of Cobra anyway. Yeah. There's like there's a thing in writing that Joe runners will often say, which is like protect the character, which basically means like never, n- never do something to a main character that that makes them not be able to come back or makes the audience be like, ooh, I don't really like this character. Sure. And you're right that no, no one on G.I. Joe is protecting the main characters because they're basically just like, well, someone's got to be the asshole. <laughs> yeah. Well, we need to put this person over somebody. Oh, well, let's just use venerable General Hawk and Super Soldier Scarlet and make them clods. Yeah, we <laughs> don't want to we don't want to design new characters. That's that's too that takes too much time. Even then, like they had shipwreck <laughs> in Sunbow. So you always had somebody that you could have be this comedic buffoon, but at the end of the day, you knew shipwreck was still gonna get it done. So you didn't really worry about him, you know? Uh, I just read this article the other day that talked about uh, why Iron Man 3 uh, is kind of weird as because there were like s- some studio changes that came down and the uh, female sort of uh, semi-villain, she's like a scientist who helped create a thing with Tony Stark or whatever. She was intended to be the main villain. And oh. at some point, probably Perlmutter said like, uh, nobody's going to buy women action figures. Uh, replace him with uh, Guy Pierce, I think it was. Uh, and I, f- I'm wondering. Uh, I'm not going to go back and look because I it'd be too much trouble. But I want to. I would like to know if they decided that, like, you know what, we're just not going to manufacture a Scarlet. So, like, go ahead and use her as the doofus in every episode in season two, because, like, you know, like she's got face recognition, but also it's not going to impact our bottom line anywhere. I mean, that's fair. I mean, like, yeah, they, they weren't really trying to pitch, but they did such a good job Like with, with like, that's what's upsetting is you, you can see in the Sunbow era how the women can be written well and correctly and badass and impressive and still be feminine. And then you have what's here where they're all just second bananas defined by the man that they're standing behind and incompetent. Like, and it's just... It's just annoying. It's but really this was, this holy was shit. clearly their attempt to make her seem confident and awesome. This was you that guys, attempt. You guys, was General Hawk there just to insert Scarlet into here because alone she would be unchaperoned? <laughs> oh yeah. And she kind of like, breaks away from the chaperone. I feel like like the politics are retrograde enough that that might, that might've been the reason. Like they were like, Oh yeah, we're going to put Scarlet in there. I was like, what? You're just going to send Scarlet to a temple full of dudes. No, who knows what uh, the, the families will think about that sort of licentious woman. Get put general <laughs> Hawk with her and then you could get rid of him, but make sure goodness. You gotta, you gotta have someone there. 
Otherwise, she's going to be fucking ninjas day and night. Oh, my God. That's crazy. Uh, so also yeah, go ahead. at some point wasn't wasn't there a love story hinted at was it wasn't was it between scarlet and storm shadow or lady j and storm uh shadow? scarlet and snake eyes had a thing okay uh, sort of a, yeah she was like always a, with duke it was sort of like a you know her and duke is like gene gray and cyclops uh-huh. and then snake eyes is like wolverine but yeah. he never like made a move. He was just so badass at a certain point she had to notice yeah i just know? liked i liked when it was sort of hinted at yeah. Well, that's the thing well, is, and it goes back to this mutual respect on the battlefield, because you remember going all the way back to, I believe, just the 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 mass device, like the first miniseries when you have the whole uh, snake eyes like uh, sacrifices himself to save Scarlet and the others. And she straight up like recognizes that and they do the the, the Spock thing with the hand on the glass. Uh-huh. And it's it's super rad and it's super just like impactful and meaningful. So but they have don't it interact sort- in this one at all almost not, not particularly no no they don't and i'm actually looking at the toy archives right now and yeah i'm not seeing any i'm just not seeing any female characters period between 1989 and 1993 like not a single one so that kind of tells you like what they were trying to do at that time that checks out yeah uh and i'd like to say that man the 90s were a shitty time except for the fact that uh, I was talking about Iron Man three, which happened uh, four years ago, something like that. <laughs> if that, yeah, uh, you know. Well, moving forward, uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, so Scarlet's incompetent because she tries to tag along, and the the ninjas are like, "We're just going to leave you behind. You can't keep up with us." And she's like, "Bet I can," and then immediately forgets that her jetpack has no fuel. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like. It's it's very weird because at first I was like, oh, did they sabotage her? But it's I thought that, too. I thought that, too. Yeah. Like and then and then I was like, okay, I guess they didn't. And she's just incompetent. But then the next scene is her expertly crossing a like a burning bridge. And so I wasn't sure what they were going for. Like if if they were going for. Oh, she's incompetent and needs to be saved by these ninjas. And she learns a lesson, which is just to let people have things without carrying her way up in there and <laughs> being like i want to come to your barbecue i mean uh, i feel like this is more little sister than a karen thing but you know it, what it is yeah yeah but but then in that case it's like yeah like lean really far into that like have them rescue her and then have her be like oh my god i'm so sorry i shouldn't have come out here or have her be awesome from the get-go have her catch up to them with like with minimal help have her not have anything and then have her rescue them and have them sort of begrudgingly admit all right maybe you are a ninja but they do both here which is really confusing it was real weird because yeah i i think that the to me the correct path if i may is to have her be super competent and to have her tag along with them, but doing it in a different way. So like she would use the jet pack when they would use the gliders and then, yeah. And so it's like crossing the burning bridge. They might have some sort of like ninja grappling hook thing that they would do, but she figures out a different way to accomplish the same task, allowing her to keep up, but doing it in a different way that is not a ninja way. And I think there's something compelling about that. And that way, when you kind of get to the end, there could be a begrudging respect. Like, no, we know you're not a ninja, but you kept up with us. Uh, uh, bow to you, bow to me, rock on, you know, but instead we get the, yeah, we, we go back and forth between she needs to be rescued because she's a flaming incompetent or she figures stuff out that they can't. And it's just not okay. I, I disagree that that's the right move. I think the right move is never having her in this episode at all. Okay. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Excuse me. I posited if she has to be here. <laughs> I mean, I would go even further and say like, we don't need to make this uh, episode or series indeed we could have just stopped at sunbow and like skipped right on to retaliation no that would be fine with ninja scavenger hunt is a great idea for an episode yeah i I, i'm with gene on this one i mean so okay so so we also find out that night creeper leader has two ninjas with him hold uh, on back up i just want to point out real quick that uh when uh at the very beginning there when snake eyes and storm shadow like jump off a cliff uh, they pop out what look like parachutes turn it out to be like hang gliders. I'm like, that's pretty dope. That's definitely a toy they were selling at the time. I got no problem with that. Then Storm Shadow gets shot down. It's on fire. He, you know, goes leaping off, whatever I'm like that. Like, shit, man. Well, you lost your hang glider. Then then a few minutes later, both of them jumping off a cliff again, 
pop out brand new fucking hang gliders. Yep. How many hang gliders they got in that goddamn backpack? <laughs> and if they had an extra one, why did Storm Shadow bail the first time? You know, these are good questions. Um, and I think they require uh, rereading your script once you've written it once before submitting it. <laughs> Um, no, I say right here because Night Creeper leader. This is interesting. Two characters we have not, to my knowledge, been introduced to yet. Night Creeper's two ninja companions named Slice and Dice. Yeah. Which, sure, these are the two dopiest, effing, stupidest ninjas. Like, and I know ninjas in, in the '80s, eventually, and early '90s became a trope where ninjas just were just wildly incompetent and just beaten up by the score by like Andrew Dice Clay in a movie, if I remember correctly. Oh, so that's how you know, like. Yeah, they don't mean anything anymore. Is it Brain I mean, I Smasher, like, a love story? I was thinking Rocksteady and Bebop. Are, are they okay. ninjas or are they just... Uh, no, they are grunts. ninjas. They make a point to say because, and I'm hoping that you would have the sound pull for me, because there's a section where oh, uh, uh, there's the stalactites... Yeah, there's the stalactites in the ceiling, and they I have to... I was still talking to, about Rocksteady and Bebop, so oh, I oh, They're also ninjas, yeah. <laughs> there's a section where they have to be very, very quiet using their ninja skills to get through a cavern without, like echoing and having these stalactites fall on their heads and they get through the room. And do you have the sound pole Chan of what slice and dice say, uh, once they've defeated that obstacle, yay ninjas. they say yay ninjas and they hey. high five each other. Like ninjas would do. Uh, like, yeah, I, that definitely feels like something directly out of teenage Ninja turtles, which, works in Teenage Ninja Turtles because that's the tone. Yeah. This is an abomination. Yeah, that was that was very upsetting. And then I'm jumping ahead slightly, but then Overkill and his bat troopers try to go through the same thing, but they make all this sound, so they just get decimated by stalactites. And I was like, I, I'm okay with that. That's an okay bit. If you take out the high-fiving yay ninjas, which was unnecessary. Yeah. Um, cut back over uh, to what GI... Yeah, go ahead, Hold sorry. on. Uh, let's back up real quick, because we missed one of the things that I wanted to talk about. Yeah, that's what I was about to get back to, I think. Yeah. When, uh, when the the whole scarlet uh, jetpack thing goes down they grab storm shadow is holding on to the jetpack and scarlet let's go uh, snake eyes zooms down to help her because that's how physics work um yes. but then she says go ahead and let go of the jetpack uh weird that he was still holding it but whatever uh and and she says it'll be coming out of my paycheck for the rest of my life so this thing about nobody having money like like i get how that's a thing with cobra and we're selling them as goofballs who are broke as shit all the time but for also the joes to not have any money feels like this weird slice of capitalism that like wasn't intended to be any sort of uh um commentary on capitalism but just that in the 90s Everybody was like, oh, my God, I've, I'm living paycheck to paycheck. I don't understand what's happening. And the, what's happening is fucking Reaganomics has destroyed the middle class. And everybody is scraping and, and fucking terrified for their lives because they don't have enough money. And it's just a weird little thing that just sort of sits there um, uh, as, as a, a product of its time. It is we yeah because it's this time we are now into our eleventh straight year of Republican presidents. I'm not that sure it has anything to do with anything. It's just coincidentally everyone got broke around that time. Yeah, weird how that <laughs> happens every weird. time. Weird. Um, but the thing is, yeah, and the fact that she would have to pay for it and that that's a vocal, a vocalized concern. Like that's not how the military works. <laughs> they don't say, "Oh well, Bob, you got shot down in your F F seventeen, so we're gonna take that out of your paycheck." <laughs> Like what? That's yeah, not you how gotta, anything works. $140 million. We'll just take it out uh, incrementally. Garnish your wages. I mean, until the end of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. End your retirement. Uh, <laughs> and so there's a really weird, like passive aggressive thing that happens here too, though, because uh, uh, they end up on uh, not quite as far up the mountain as they wanted to, because they had to double back and rescue Scarlet. And so they end up at a, at a, at a mountain peak. And they say, okay, we have to get to that mountain peak, the one we were trying to get to initially, and now we have to climb to get there. And Scarlet looks at him and is like, oh, I hope this wasn't because you guys had to double back and rescue me. And Storm Shadow like, gives her a stare for like a second and is like, it doesn't matter how we got here. <laughs> <laughs> and that is some passive-aggressive shit. And I loved it. <laughs> it was like, yeah, that's exactly why we're behind. 
you dumb dumb. It's all my fault. What is done is done. Doesn't even make an effort to consolidate her. Yeah, uh, again, (laughs) I don't know who the hell I'm supposed to be rooting for in this whole Uh, episode. Until the end. Yeah, yeah. Until the end when it's made clear, like, oh, Snake Eyes is the best ninja. He's the one who needs this sword. But they really need to reinforce. I needed a I needed a, a a Bilbo Baggins or a Frodo Baggins throughout this, and instead I got a mishmash of cr- characters I don't give a crap about. Uh, yeah, so they, they end up getting there. This is where they find the fire bridge, and Scarlet climbs a rope underneath, which is cool. And uh, Chan, there's another line here of uh, I think it's Scarlet, uh, you know, uh, talking about ninjas under her breath. <laughs> I got very uncomfortable. Yes. <laughs> I'll never understand them. That I'll just never understand those ninjas. It, it, yeah. I, it made me cringe, and I wrote it down. It made me cringe. And, uh. and weirdly, uh, that term has come to be used in the sense that we would now think of a woman who looks like Scarlet uh-huh. talking about people who... Uh, dress in a certain fashion uh i believe there was a certain video that came out this week of a woman and she literally looks at the camera and says i'll just never understand you ninjas <laughs> yeah ninja please the, the best thing about that <laughs> the best thing about that comment is it's evergreen because every week there's a video that comes out every week <laughs> will always be a thing isn't that great oh oh let the good times roll Doing the best we can. <laughs> Wait a minute, what are you singing? I'm singing the car. I don't know, I just made that up, but it felt like an 80s theme song. <laughs> Fair, yeah. Um, okay. Ninjas together, <laughs> doing the best we can. Ninjas together. They'll never understand us, and that's okay. <laughs> Ninjas, they're sort of just like us. <laughs> Guys, I want this 80s sitcom now. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Oh, Lord. Okay, so Night Creeper Leader has found the Sword of Destiny. Huzzah! Really not a lot of, like, he just sort of just is there, and he finds it, and it's, like, cool. It's There's really no, like, trial or anything. He just sort of shows up and gets it. I think it seems to me, because that's what I was thinking, too. Again, they could have just spent way more time on this on this hunt, and then, and then uh, yeah, I just wanted to watch Mortal Kombat at this point, is what I'm saying. Yeah. But uh, uh, I think it it's just assumed that he's the best. Like all the ninjas agree. He's the best. You want snake eyes? Yeah. Uh, I guess. I mean, yeah. He's very good. Um, I mean, doesn't is he that, the doesn't best it in the seem world? Like that? Doesn't it seem like when they're, when doesn't someone at some point say who is the best ninja? And then. Well, yeah, yeah, because I mean, storm shadow presents himself as if he says, you're about to fight the best ninja and storm shadow steps forward and I go cool. And he's like, Oh, it's not me. Which was a little weird because Storm Shadow was a prideful individual. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I remember the scene when the Dreadnoughts were trying to teach uh, the recruits how to use the weapons, and he took umbrage at that, and he he, he karate chopped the tank to death. Yeah. Is just getting over on the Dreadnoughts because he is a prideful individual. So the idea that he would just, again, these are just people, uh, and it's hard because Ted Peterson knows who these characters are. He's written them before several times. It's just, I don't know to what Chan uh, said about, uh, uh, was it Gina? I always screw that up. But uh, the notes just noting this episode to death, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, we don't care who these people are. <laughs> so we're just going to have everybody just act weird. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. This is a thing. Okay, so uh, he ends up fighting. Well, this is the other funny thing to me, is that the first thing that happens is Night Creeper Leader gets the sword, and he says, I have to fight the best ninja in the world, and I'll be uh, powerful. And then Overkill the robot shows up, and, and Night Creeper Leader one-shots him uh, as he's broadcasting the location to Cobra Commander. And one of the idiot slice and dice ninjas turns and goes, is Overkill the best ninja in the world? Be <laughs> like, What? What? Wait, how? He's not. What? What are you talking about? Yeah, I, I, I found that maybe the most upsetting thing in the episode. This, this honestly, like this could be 10 episodes that they smushed into one. Yeah, because they like weren't sure where they were going. <sighs> but it's all 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 these side plots. Uh, yeah, all these. Yeah. Unnecessary. I want to rewrite this episode is what I'm saying. I want to rewrite uh, yeah. this episode. 
here's here's the one solid line again uh uh great delivery uh a a pretty a pretty well written line that's just dropped to the middle of like what is this god awful mess your mechanical and electronic parts will be given a hero's burial Unless, of course, we can recycle them. Exactly. So what we end up here is uh, Snake Eyes is going to do the fighting against Night Creeper Leader, who has the sword and gauntlet, which is sort of fused together in this kind of an honestly cool moment. And Snake Eyes is jumping, spinning around, and he ends up like landing on top of a rock, like 20 feet up in the air. But then the rock breaks underneath him and he slips all the way to the bottom and needs to be saved. I mean, he should have known because that was like a weirdly colored stone yes. against all of the rest of the stone out there. You always know which drawer in the cartoon is about to be pulled out. <laughs> it's the one that's slightly more orange. I appreciated that. Yeah. So like a dummy, he steps on that rock and then falls and they end up like saving him. Uh, Overkill ends up getting out. He reformed himself. Uh, oh no, he took out Overkill. Overkill does get out though, if I remember correctly. So uh, we throw a smoke bomb, and he starts. Uh, Sniper Leader starts slicing trees in half during this big fight. And it's fine. Night Creeper Leader ends up losing and uh, Snake Eyes ends up doing up like a jump flip over him and takes the gauntlet and the sword away from him. And so right in the middle of all this excitement, that's when all the Cobra and G.I. Joe forces also like progress onto the situation. So we have sort of a four way dance. And under normal circumstances, this fight scene would be incredible. Under ordinary circumstances, like not a deep cartoon. I would consider not a deep cartoon to be very ordinary circumstances in most of our lives. <laughs> uh, so for, uh, I get that these were toys and all, but general hawk looks like he's squatting like he's taking a dump like he's got one of those uh uh what what were those things that were popular like two years ago were you they're stools little potty squatty potty it looks like he's on a squatty potty you know hulu hoops slinkies i'm like i'm not stick i don't want to be saved by you man Well, then they all convince each other to leave, and so everybody just kind of bails. Like They're running out of time in this episode, so they just are like, oh, let's just run away. That's fine. And Snake Eyes breaks the sword over his knee, and then the gauntlet just disappears. So yeah. there was something mystical happening here. Like Straight I, yoded. Yeah. And that was really weird. And then, and then we cut to back at the monastery, I think, and so uh, Storm Shadow and Scarlet are talking, and they're just like, yo, you think it's weird that he fell on that weirdly colored rock? <laughs> <laughs> they're like yeah now that you mention it um that is kind of weird and then they say did he do it on purpose so we would have to save him and then they don't really answer the question uh no well no they do he he says like because earlier he says you know like uh, uh there are fates worse than death to, to like uh keep having to owe snake eyes stuff and so he's like he says uh do you think he did delivery so that uh uh Somewhere, I thought he said that, uh, uh, yeah, so that he wouldn't have to owe him more, which I thought was actually kind of a neat idea. I mean, no, and here's the deal to, to, because your debt is becoming large to have the person sort of like step out for a second and allow you to pay some of it back for nothing. I mean, that's a cool, that's a hero thing to do. That's a cool thing to do. That's being nice. Although is he going back to being bad at the end of this? I'm confused. No, I mean, the thing is, and we never actually really talked about this uh, on air, but Storm Shadow was uh, obviously a bad guy. And, and we have not really seen Storm Shadow in season one of Deke. And in the comics, he went back and forth between being a hero, anti-hero, because he's, you know, he's an honorable character. And when Cobra does wildly dishonorable things or he has an agenda of his own, like so many other Cobras, he will take the side of his own or take the side of G.I. Joe. And there was definitely a time because he has deep bonds. Uh, he trained with Snake Eyes as part of the Arashikagi uh-huh, clan. Uh-huh. So they're basically like brothers in arms. So they don't want to be fighting each other. That's just how it works out. So them fighting together actually makes a lot of sense. 
but my question is, like, at no point does Cobra Commander make any passing reference to the fact that he used to be Cobra. No, none. So in this universe, in this Deke universe, are we to assume he did used to be Cobra or is he just like an assassin for hire? Is he just a ninja for hire? Like what's, I don't understand where we leave this at the end. Oh, the, like he, the debt is paid. Remember when I used to be a Cobra? I'm going back. Like I want, I want some sort of <laughs> explanation. No, uh, well, I could say because the toy line actually introduced a second Storm Shadow figure. The original one was sort of like the white, you know, wrapped in cloth ninja. The second one had a little bit like a hoodie on. And he had like a camo pattern on his white. So it was like gray camo on the white pattern with like a hoodie, like a fur hoodie kind of a thing. Uh-huh. And he had like a big, he had like a bow and arrow on the uh, the cover. And that one was presented as a member of G.I. Joe. So I guess they sort of figure, you know, that Storm Shadow is a good guy now because you bought the toys. So therefore, they do not feel obligated to give you a backstory. <laughs> but again, like if someone is watching this and didn't didn't know any backstory, what are... Yeah, I don't know what they're walking away thinking. Well, they're thinking that he's a good guy. Yeah, I mean that's okay. that's the only takeaway. Okay. They don't talk about why or what happened. You know, you know, interesting things they could have built an episode of this show around. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just saying. Uh, and 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 that's it. That's the end of the episode. The sword, everybody. What do we think? Thumbs up. Thumbs down. How many points out of 10 would you give it, Gina Ippolito? I'm going to give it a two on execution, a, a seven on the in the room pitch. Okay. Fair. Chan? Uh, I feel like Age of Winters was their best album, but they did some good stuff on Gods of the Earth. God damn it. Uh, Gina, I'm with you. I kind of give this like a four, um, which I think kind of m- mashes in between your two numbers reasonably well. <laughs> Uh-huh, uh-huh. So I, that's fine. I, look, this episode like could have been worse. <laughs> they did a lot of things wrong, but I think I was able to gloss past a lot of it. And I look forward to the next week because the next week's episode, guys, I don't know if you're familiar with this, El Dorado and the City of Gold. <clears throat> wow, I bet you that episode's really good. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just having some weird deja vu like we've already recorded it. <laughs> That's outrageous. I, I predict that future Gina will like it more than future Chan. <laughs> That's a bold prediction. <laughs> that is that, that doesn't require any sort of extra sensory perception. And there it is. That's our show. You can always hit us up on social media. You can check us out uh, on Facebook.com slash knowing is half the podcast or Patreon.com slash knowing is half the podcast. And we had some new subscribers to the show, which I'm very excited about. Um, and I mentioned before, but uh, Amy B uh, actually reached out to us on Patreon. Uh, thank you so much for reaching out to us. It turns out that uh, we do not know her. She came across the show and worked long hours and really enjoys what we do and enjoyed being a part of it and thought, you know, I'm going to support these guys and get like 400 extra episodes of the show. <laughs> and hey, who can blame her at $5? Why, why wouldn't you? Thank I would ask you, that question. Amy B. Yeah, she seems You're very, very nice, and we appreciate you. Chan, I'm sorry, I cut you off. I, I said thank you, Amy B. What is, what is this? <laughs> he assumed you were what saying you, something you, snarky. I literally <laughs> did assume you were saying yeah. something snarky. Oh, yeah. I know what that silence meant. <laughs> <laughs> Why wouldn't you have cut me off? We were saying nice things about people who are giving us money for crying out loud. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. So you can also check us at patreon.com. Do the thing. That's great. Uh, slash knowing us half the podcast. You can also check us out on Twitter. We are on Twitter at G.I. Joe podcast or at Prez Serpentor with a Z. Because uh, in an alternate 2016, Serpentor the Cobra Emperor became president of the United States in an upset victory. And wouldn't you know it, his disastrous world closely resembles the disastrous world that we ourselves live in today. Uh, how's he doing? Is he getting nervous th- that the uh, that the new uh, Cobra elections are, are coming up soon? Well, he's already planning on canceling the Cobra elections, so uh, he's really yeah. got nothing to worry. There's nothing to worry about if you, if no one votes. That, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, Boy, he did that's... want everybody to take a good moment on Memorial Day to remember how great he is. So, you know, we got that going for him. Uh-huh. That, that, that tracks. <laughs> and also, you know, the, the cause of 100,000 uh, dead is not actually a virus. It's death itself. Have we not tried to blame death itself? <laughs> Think about it. Mm, 
Yeah. No one's ever yeah. died from a disease. They've only died from death. Yeah. Uh, I'm really, really enjoying all this talk about uh, all these fun jokes about canceled elections here in uh, what is what is it May? Because <laughs> when when October rolls around and that shit happens for real, we're gonna be real, real sad. <laughs> but we'll still be doing the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. They can take away our elections, but they cannot take away our knowing us half the podcast. I mean, at some point, it's gonna be, it's gonna be, we're gonna be the last ones on air, and the government's gonna knock down the door just like they do in the stand to Kathy Bates. And you know what? I'll be honest. I'm here for it. That's fine. <laughs> if somehow we're the last media to survive, I mean, we did a lot right. Let me start there. <laughs> and very clumsily, might I add. Oh, my goodness. Otherwise, you can hit us up on Twitter individually. I am at Almighty Ray. At 999 RPMs. I'm at Gina Ippy. And this has been The Sword. Next week, uh, we're, I don't know, we might do El Dorado in the City of Gold, a show we have totally not recorded already. How dare you, Chan, for Gina, for saying such terrible things. Both of you, shame on you. <clears throat> so until next week, um, embrace your local ninja. Do we have local ninjas? Yeah, and I've been I've been going to to Vons this whole time when I should have been going to the farmers market for ninjas. Yeah, you got to get the locally grown ninjas. Come on, dude. Gripping up the hold on tight You got to do the fighting with all of your might You got to keep the target straight ahead on your side Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy, you got to sink this putt to win. Or, I wouldn't jump up and down until we stabilize the hydraulics. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world, working actors, comedians, writers, stunt people, you get it, and we do it all over breakfast, or should I say, breakfast. Every week is a new episode of Breakfast, and here's what you get. Inside Hollywood info, like, how cool is it to act with Ed O'Neill? Spoiler alert, it's really cool. And what the heck is a gaffer? You get great breakfast wrecks and foodie debates like, when should you go hash browns and when do you go home fries? I know the answer to that. Trust me, my pancake posse, my bacon brigade. Listen up, because breakfast is the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in, it's breakfast time. Breakfast with Brent Pope, available at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Oh,